Welcome to the Mere and Powerful Podcast, where we believe in going far by going together. This is Charlie Clark, Director of Impact at Mere. This week on the Empowerful Podcast, we sat down with Michael Frazier, Executive Director at Viva Farms, to talk a little bit about his journey, the work of Viva Farms, and how they're supporting their local communities. Thank you, Michael, for sitting down with us here at Mir. Really, really appreciate it. We know you guys uh, do some incredible work up in Skagit, uh, and we're definitely proud to be partners with you. Um, I, de- I want to hear a little bit more about Viva and, and what you guys have going and what you're looking at for the future. But first, I'm curious, I don't know anything about your background, mm. how you got involved, uh, kind of your tra- trajectory. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to hear if you want to just start us off with that, how you got to Viva, yeah. what, kind of what, what inspired you to make that choice? Sure. Uh, well, yeah, um, I, I'll start with just like being authentic, which will help me show up for the rest of this conversation. Absolutely. You, <laughs> you know? do what you need to do. You yeah. know, and so, like, fundamentally, I am a loving and passionate guy. And um, I like fixing things. I like making things better. And I really enjoy being in service, which mm-hmm. um, is why I'm sitting here today. And, of course, there's a lot of bits and pieces beyond that that brought me here. But uh, that's the foundation. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I have 14 kids. No, I don't. Actually. <laughs> I was like, well, there's our follow-up questions. Each kid no. is going to get their own bio. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have four. I like to say fourteen because it does. It sounds. It sounds like four isn't that many. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, I'm a Marine, Marine Corps veteran. All right. Uh, uh, I'm a former emergency medical medical technician, firefighter. Um, I have a degree in nutrition. I've taught nutrition and cooking classes uh, for lots of folks. I've coached and facilitated leadership development for both individuals and groups in different contexts. I'm a little bit crazy, like all of us, you know, um, and I, I have this in my DNA, like just I need to fix things. And um, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's like it's it's a blessing and a curse, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I really, I, I got that from my grandfather, probably both the nurture and the nature piece. Um, okay. I remember, you know, just uh, one of the many things he's he's taught me and he's, He's still having passed many moons ago, um, the person I respect most in my life. And, you know, it's a, it sounds cliche, I guess, but uh, really one of the things he taught me both in words and in actions is to, to leave everything I touch a little better than hmm. when I came to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the principles that I live by. Um, and so I see potentials in things, you know, in, in is us as individuals, is us as a community, um, in organizations, and I like witnessing that, I guess, mm-hmm. and bringing it more to the front uh, for for folks and for the community. And uh, yeah, of course, I love food. I love the outdoors. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love kind and caring people. Uh, and you know, a little bit of the journey, I guess, to get here is uh, you know I've been interested in health for a long time. And over many years, uh, decades, I'll date myself a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've I've become more and more conscious of you know the food I put in my body, um, you know how I consume things in general, mm-hmm. um, and over the course of time, I've educated myself. You know, endless books and other learning opportunities uh, about health and wellness and nutrition. Um, and even at the time, you know, years ago, organic food. Uh, I used to drive like an hour. 
um, to get to a co-op before co-ops were kind of even a thing uh-huh. um, back uh, back in Maryland, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 back in the day. Um, and so, like, through that process, I, I decided I wanted to get a degree, degree in nutrition, and that's how I landed here in Washington. I, uh, some of the books I was reading were, were, were written by some of the founders of Bastyr University in yep. Kenmore. Absolutely. Um, I cool. said, well, if I'm going to get a degree, degree in nutrition, that's where I'm going to get it. Um, so I moved to Washington. And wow been here for 18 years now um so yeah i've worked you know during that education process and after um i've worked you know teaching and helping folks improve their health with nutrition and other uh and at point back in 2012 the opportunity to become uh the executive director of helping hands food bank which is the Mm -hmm. largest emergency food provider in skagit county um presented itself and I said yes to that which I'm gonna tell you a story back to the authenticity piece Um, you know looking looking at that opportunity I would have never in a million years would have thought I'd have said yes to something like that Um, because I can remember a time sitting in a restaurant with uh, some friends Um, it's it's funny that I was sitting in a restaurant with some friends it'll make sense when I finish the story but uh, talking about food banks Um, and, you know, feeding people that couldn't feed themselves. And I can, you know, very plainly remember me saying, well, let them starve. Let a generation starve. That'll fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, the the kids of those people uh, will know better um, than to not take care of themselves. And um, that's a little emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm moving through that. No, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but uh, it's real, you know. And I, uh, they, you know, came out of ignorance, really. You know, yeah. if, if you've never been close enough to those people to understand and be able to empathize with their journey, it's really easy to make judgments. Yep. Um, and so, getting closer to that um, and working side by side with those folks, um, you know, I came to realize that the great majority of those folks. It's not really even a choice. You know, it's not a choice. Um, it's, you know, 40-some percent of folks that use food banks across the country are kids. You know, what choice do they really have? Uh, you know, they're 20, 25 percent are the elderly, which, you know, you can say, well, what happened? Well, who knows what happened, but are we going to let them die? You know, are we going to let them starve? It's kind of silly. Um, so that was really impactful. And, and through that process, I got closer to Viva Farms because Helping Us Food Bank is in Skagit County, and Viva Farms was founded in Skagit County. So I got to know uh, some of the founders, uh, Ethan Schaefer, Sarita Schaefer, Don McMorrin, who's the director of WSU Extension, and worked with them on some food justice, food security projects. And at some point, Ethan and Sarita and the board invited me to come and uh, be a contractor to do some business development with Viva Farms. And, uh, you know, it, it was at a crucial time for Viva. It was in that kind of the life cycle of a nonprofit where it's moving from its founder's leadership to new leadership. Um, and, uh, yeah, they invited me to be the executive director, and here I am. Wow. That's pretty incredible. I feel like we could crank out a six, eight-hour podcast just based <laughs> on your, your previous careers alone. But that's a pretty pretty incredible background. So thank thank you very much for sharing a little bit about that. So transitioning a little bit into Viva then. So the the need for sustainable farming both regionally here and 
uh, and abroad. Can you talk a little bit about your, I mean, you've got the nutrition background and now you, you've uh, shifted a little bit. Well, it's still nutrition, but you're, you're looking at agriculture right. clearly uh, at this point. So sustainable farming, farming, excuse me, what's, why is it so important to the health uh, and well-being of communities the environment uh, in, in Washington and just in our country overall. Like, what, give me give me some thoughts there. Sure. Um, well, even I just backtrack just a bit uh, at the even at the food bank, which it's interesting um, for 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 most folks. Uh, a lot of food banks buy a lot of food, um, and a lot of that money comes from local folks that donate money to food banks to buy food and. Uh, I think historically, you know, a lot of that money has been spent on, you know, canned and processed foods. Uh, and if you do the math, uh, at least if you live in a, a region like we live in, uh, you can actually look to local food at a comparable price point uh, that you could get canned and processed food. So uh, I was actually, even as the director of the food bank, buying uh, local organic produce from farmers uh, to to distribute to, you know, the folks that needed it. So... Um, yeah, that was my first, that actually was my first entry into ag beyond just gardening myself. Um, but, uh, you know, back to your question, thinking about, um, the challenges. So, uh, sustainable agriculture, well, I guess maybe starting by defining it a little bit would be good. Um, and, and so, you you know, there's lots of pieces and there's lots of layers. Uh, you need farmers, right? You need farmers, uh, and you need farmers that have sustainable production practices and sustainable business practices. Um, and ultimately, you need those farmers to be economically viable, you know, to be able to continue to farm um, for to have that sustainable agriculture. Um, you need enough vibrant and fertile farmland, you know, in the soil. That's the foundation of, of what's grown um, and water, which are all critical pieces um, to farming. But they're also critical pieces to the place we call home, the planet Earth, you know, and there's only so much of that. Um, and you know, kind of pointing back to, you know, leaving things better than when we when we first encountered them kind of thing. It's like sustainable agriculture, kind of the foundation is to leave it a little better than when you started. So mm-hmm. year over year over year, you know, you're putting more into the soil than you're taking out of it, um, which is which can be a lot different than, um, you know, other other ag. Um, right. And so, yeah, across, across the country, um, here locally, the average age of the farmer is you know, 58 to 60, depending on, you know, the numbers you look at. Um, and here locally, you know, it's expected that, you know, close to 70% of farmers will retire in the next 20 years. So 70% of farmers retire in the next, wow. next 20 years. That's a big deal. And that can change the landscape, um, not just like the, 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 the landscape, you know, as far as uh, the land itself, but like how we can or cannot feed ourselves. Um, and, uh, sustainable agriculture also thinking about you know resources and, and not, not just the water and the land but all the inputs you know all the inputs in sustainable agriculture and um, what we what we try and teach is to actually um, you know the cover cropping um, the, the manures you know using natural local products to actually put more back in the soil versus you know getting some, some, you know, refined chemical from, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away, you know, that's trucked or trained or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and plop it in the soil, um, which is, which is tough and ultimately not a sustainable practice. Um, so, I mean, farmland itself is actually, you know, disappearing like, like farmers as well. So, you know, with population growth and, 
and um, the, you know the challenges of uh, that pressure on land in general. Um, you know, there's only so much farmland, and and it's important that we are mindful and uh, take care of that and preserve it so that if we have enough farmers, there's farm to farm, there's 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 farmland to farm, right. um, and that ultimately we can be nourished by it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. It sounds like in some ways there's a, a a sense of urgency around the need to both preserve uh, preserve the land now, but also this uh, this aging population of farmers, especially locally. It sounds like you guys are, are tapped into that. So what, what are some of the implications of this this generation uh, that's that's possibly aging out of farming? And then, kind of, where does Viva fit in in terms of? Uh, incubating cultivating a new generation of farmers how what does that generation look like to 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 you guys uh, up there is like is it is it a different you know demographic is it people who are taking over for their parents are you trying to get new folks in like did, can you talk a little bit about that sure uh well yeah so as 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 the the current multi-generational farmers maybe get out of the business for, for, for various reasons, whether it's they just are not economically viable anymore uh, based on their business practices. Um, you know, maybe their children don't want to take on the business. Um, and so that's, you know, for, for, you know, years and years and years. And, you know, uh, that's where a lot of farmers come from is from multi-generational farms. And with today's economy, a lot of, a lot of kids don't want to go back to the farm and run those farm businesses. Um, and, because of that model of, you know, dad, you know, granddad teaching dad, teaching son or daughter and, and so on to be farmers and also transferring, you know, not just that knowledge, but the land, the infrastructure, the markets, um, you know, all that know-how, all that, all that, um, you know, ability to the next generation. Uh, if the next generation doesn't want to farm, how do folks that have never farmed before and don't come from that background get into the business? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Viva fits in, um, because we, you know, provide services to beginning and limited resource farmers so that they can get into the business. We provide bilingual uh, mm-hmm. training in sustainable agriculture. We provide access to land. Uh, we the the infrastructure, the equipment. Uh, also the capital to either start or scale their businesses and then the market. So, you know, we aggregate and distribute food for our farmers as, as part of the work that we do. Um, and to your question about like kind of the demographic, it's, it's interesting in, you know, in, in Skagit County, and I want to mention we're also, you know, in King County as well. So we have three locations across two counties um, with 88 acres with, with the very, the great majority of that being farmed right now. Um, but the demographic, you know, it, it, it's changing, you know, partially because of those multi-generational farms, you know, um, moving towards retirement. And in Skagit County, there's, there's been, you know, there's been a, lot, a large Dutch population, which were immigrants when they came to America, um, that actually took on farming um, and, and have grown from, and I've talked to these folks, from like a three-acre farm to hundreds of acres over the course of a hundred years. Um, and now one of the one of the primary demographics for the next generation, of course, there's lots of you know, white folks and even college-educated folks that are getting into the business. Um, and there's, uh, you know, Latino um, background folks that are getting into the business, which have a lot of experience in agriculture. In fact, you know, 85% of the agricultural workers in America are Latino, uh, but less than 1% are actually owner-operators for those businesses. Hmm. Um, and so while they have the passion, the experience um, to farm, um, 
you know, it's it, it can be even more challenging for those folks to get into the business of farming. And that's why we offer all the services we do bilingually. Um, and historically, since the beginning of Viva Farms in 2009, about 40, 40, 44% of our participants have been Latino, um, which is great. Currently, seven of our 23 farm businesses are Latino-owned. Wow, that's really cool. So uh, talk a little bit about the people coming in, um, the, the, the shift, and what you guys are kind of aiming to do. Um, what are some of the, the, the programs, I, I guess, that, that make Viva unique? Or I guess you can kind of, if you want, walk us through almost like a, a timeline of, of how Viva got started and, and the programs you've developed or what you have kind of uh, on deck and what you're looking to do. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, where you, where you at, what, uh, at what points do you, do you hit these young farmers and, and where do you want to help them grow? Sure. Um, yeah, so in the beginning, it sounds funny. This yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but true, in the beginning, uh, you know, a, 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 a small group of passionate folks came together and, and, and asked a question, and it was, you know, what's the barrier for, for beginning farmers to get into the business? And, you know, the first thing they identified was land. Um, and uh, so, you know, we, uh, we at the time, um, found a 33-acre spot in Skagit County and said, okay, Come and farm. Uh, Don McMorrin, who I mentioned earlier, the, the director of the extension up there, he actually is a, is a multi-generational farmer. His, his, his father still farms, and he helps his father, along with being the director there at Skagit. Um, and, you know, he, he, with the Port of Skagit, identified a 33-acre spot and said, come on and farm. He brought his equipment out there, tilled the land, put in an irrigation system, which was like the second essential. Well, you need land, you need infrastructure, one of the things that we do. Um, folks came to farm and... While, you know, they were able to produce food, uh, they really didn't have any markets to sell it into. Um, so much of that food went to waste at the time. And so, you know, that's where the start was. And over the course of time, we've identified and, and, and now improved and continue to improve what we call the essentials, um, which I mentioned earlier, which are the training, the land, the infrastructure, the equipment, the capital and the markets. Um, and so a little bit about our training program, which has evolved and continues to evolve. Um, Historically, uh, the, the prerequisite to get into our farm business incubator, so for folks to come on site and lease land and have access to these other tools, um, they had to take cultivating success courses, which are two 12-week in the classroom, uh, you know, learning experiences that, you know, WSU puts on. Um, and, and we found that uh, we, we needed folks to come on board the incubator with, with a little deeper knowledge and more actual in-the-dirt experience. Mm. So in 2016, we developed uh, what, what is, you know, a, a practicum in sustainable agriculture that's accredited through, uh, that was at the time accredited through Skagit Valley College, um, where folks could actually take, take college credit. Um, and come out to the farm as a practicum and farm an entire season. And, you know, and around here, it's kind of a nine-month, you know, season from, you know, uh, crop planting, seed, seed selection to bookkeeping and everything in between. Um, and so that's now our prerequisite. Um, and so folks that go through that program, of course, you know, we know who they are and they know who we are. And, and uh, they have quite a bit of experience in farming at that point with a full season under their belt. Um, they can choose to come on to the incubator, which um, they can lease land from us from a quarter up to right now. We have a farmer that's leasing 10 acres. Um, 
and get ongoing technical assistance. So if they have needs around, you know, anything, whether it's soil or, you know, pests or um, water or markets or any of, the, any of the above, you know, we're kind of working side by side and helping them um, find success through those things. So um, that evolution, and we, of course we do workshops too. So we, we give, you know, regional workshops um, at, at all three locations and, and invite, uh, you know, regional farmers to come to those training programs. And, you know, uh, we actually, you know, many uh, commercial farmers send some other employees to some of our classes because, hmm. uh, you know, uh, humbly, you know, we're doing a good job and we're, we're producing some really good education for folks. Um, you know, what's, 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 what's next around education? Um, well, this year we actually, so I, I mentioned in 2016, we got that practicum accredited through Skagit Valley College. <clears throat> um, this year we'll, we should have it accredited through five community colleges, Seattle Central, um, Skagit uh, Valley College again, Edmonds, uh, Highline, um, Peninsula, mm. um, Edmonds, if I didn't already say it. Uh, and also there is a new uh, matriculation process between Skagit Valley College right now and soon to be Seattle Central, oh, okay. and hopefully soon to be all of them, where you can transfer that a two-year degree to their four-year degree um, program at the camp, the new you know organic campus in Everett. Um, mm. Uh, in, ad- in addition to that, folks that don't need it for credit, don't want it for credit, um, they can take it as continuing ed uh, right directly through Viva, so they don't have to go through one of those colleges to take the course. Um, but we meet, you know, because of those different resources, uh, the different essentials that I, that I mentioned, we kind of meet people where they are. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we have college graduates, you know, that, you know, uh, have business experience that come to the farm and want to learn how to farm. And, Typically, those folks might know how to work an Excel sheet and right. get, get through regulations and, yes. and market their goods and create an Instagram page and all these different things, um, but they're not necessarily so good at growing food. And then we have the flip side where we have some of our Latino folks where they can grow anything, um, but they're not as good at you know Facebook and Instagram and regulations and business licenses and, and all those things. So um, where we intersect with those beginning farmers is across the board mm-hmm. because of the services we offer. Cool. So you guys clearly, I mean, you mentioned uh, you, the incredible support you offer to to the students coming in from from different colleges around the region, and you're doing such a good job right now that you're even some commercial farms are sending folks to you to to learn more. Um, the support is there, and it's incredible. What can people like me do? I mean, like I'm sitting here, I'm, you know, if my family, I'm eating beautiful organic produce that I bought you know, from, from any number of different places here in Seattle, is that, is that it? Do I just go, go and make sure to buy organic? Like how, how can the average individual in say Seattle, uh, support the folks that you are working so hard to, to help develop and support? Yeah, well, I think that's probably the number one thing, the average, you know, and and average is kind of funny to say about a person, but uh, in this context, right. Um, the, the like, non-farmer, the, the, non, the, the non-farmer, non-farmer farm employee. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the folks that aren't right directly mm-hmm. connected to like you know supporting farmers. I mean, that's how you do it. You you buy local food um, because you know dollar bill, bills matter. You know, and and if 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 farmers don't have a market to sell their goods, they won't be farmers. Um, and we need people to that understands that understand the value of that local mm-hmm. food because. Um, you know, it can cost more to produce, you know, because of the scale of it. And of course, there are, there are bigger, you know, local farms that get the scale. Um, but 
and to, to support those beginning farmers specifically. Um, yeah, so people that see the value and buy local food is, is, is the place to start. Um, of course, people can donate their time and their knowledge. So, you know, volunteering for, you know, organizations or even farms, because um, a lot of farms will invite people out to the farm to help them do what they do. Um, right. Labor labor is expensive. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so so volunteering and, and also, you know, for like nonprofits like Viva Farms, uh, we're partners with Patagonia. I know Mir is also partnered Absolutely. with Patagonia, yeah. which, uh, you know, great organization in so many different ways. Um, and they've connected us to another organization called Catch a Fire, which is a volunteer organization for, uh, you know, folks with, you know, professional skills, you know, mm-hmm. marketing skills or communication skills or fundraising skills, you know, just the whole gamut. Um, and so it's, you know, people, I don't think a lot of people realize that they can volunteer, t- you know, their real skill set. It's not... It's not just going out to the farm and weeding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We definitely come out to the farm and weed if anybody yeah. wants to come out to the farm. <laughs> we, we can set you up. But uh, beyond that, you know, if you if you have a skill set that could help a farmer, you know, tell their story mm-hmm. or an organization like Viva tell our story or uh, any number of ways that we can do a better job at, um, you know, getting out in front of people and serving our, 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 our stakeholders. Um, that's a way to volunteer. Also, you know. You know, we're a nonprofit. We're not supposed to like jump into the political, you know, spectrum, mm-hmm. um, and support, you know, local folks and officials that um, believe in local farming. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the farm bill is one of the biggest pieces that supports farming. You know, kind of right. sound seems you know yeah, yeah the farm <laughs> bill farming. Um, and you know, there's there's money that's taken and given away each 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 time that comes around, um, and it's a, it makes a huge impact on what organizations like Viva can do. Um, and and the direction, the, you know, the trajectory of ag in general. So, um, if you just want to get, uh, you know, more educated, more knowledgeable, and more engaged in that process to support farming, um, that's a way to do it. Wow, excellent! Yeah, there's that's that's something we'll have to we'll have to throw some links in when we when we put this up. Um, Catch a fire sounds definitely interesting. I know probably cool. a lot of our a lot of our listeners and, and even some of your employees would probably be interested in that. Um, both for Viva and other folks yeah. around the region. Yeah, that's cool. And, and certainly the education piece is huge for for the average consumer of, of food and goods in general, just making sure that you're supporting the right people and, and you do your research. Yeah. I, I have a challenge for, I have a challenge yeah. for anybody who's listening who haven't, hasn't done this yet um, and, and whatever, I've experienced it myself. And I, I, I guess... Just, I'm not sure that most Americans um, and maybe people around the world um, uh, are able to discern the difference between, you know, good food and really good food. Um, yeah, and But I, here's the challenge without, you know, saying too much. Go to your conventional grocery store and, and buy a tomato, you know, and, and buy a tomato. And then go to your farmer's market, your local farmer's market, and buy a tomato. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slice and dice, maybe a little salt, a little pepper or whatever, and, or, or maybe not. Um, and, 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 you know, whatever, you can blindfold yourself if you want to, but, um, try both of those things and it will be hard to go back to the regular grocery store and buy that tomato. And that's not just about the taste. That's about what's in the actual food and the care that's been put into the soil, um, and in the planet and in Mm. our landscape, you know, um, that, that creates that not just, you know, food, but really good food. I think we can define good food as much more than just the taste, um, but the taste is connected to the process that, and the love that's put into it. Got it. Well, there you go. I can tell you right now, 
We're going to have a, a, a mere blind taste test at lunch one of these days. We're going to do just that. We're going to go to go to the uh, Fremont Farmer's Market or Ballard Farmer's Market and grab some tomatoes yeah. and, and see what see see what people think. We'll, we'll do that. I can guarantee you. Um, so we're, we're very proud of the, the partnership that we have with you. Um, I think we'd obviously like it to be ongoing, um, helped, um, uh, helped with the, the newer, uh, piece of land that you guys have up in Skagit, putting in some, uh, uh, helping with the irrigation up there, which we're going to launch that story, uh, a little bit later in, in 2019, um, but w- when you think about uh, the Viva Farms legacy, and, and I guess maybe you can tie it in with your own. I know you talked a little bit about wanting to make things better and just the, the care that you put into everything. Um, if you could kind of like forecast out, like what, what did Viva Farms do for the state of Washington, the region of the Pacific Northwest? Um, yeah, I guess that's a, you can wrap that question up right there. We left it a little better than when we started. Okay. Um, and maybe a lot better. Uh, so we've, you know, uh, we've been part of, with a lot of great partners, Mir included, um, have been able to, you know, educate enough folks, both the consumer and farmers, um, where anybody with, with the passion and, the eth- you know, the work ethic um, that wants to become a farmer uh, has access to the resources to do just that. Um, and And so... You know, 20 years from now, uh, you know, we have as much or more farmland and not just farmland, but fertile, thriving farmland um, than than we do today. And the trend is, is, you know, most recently has not been going that way. Um, So ultimately, you know, we have um, economically viable farms farming on thriving, fertile soil, and nourishing all of us. And, and when I say all of us, um, you know, uh, good food, like we kind of defined just mm-hmm. a minute ago, is not just for the folks um, that have, you know, a high net worth or, or yep. make a lot of income. It's yep. it's for, for all of us because um, it changes our chemistry, which changes our outcomes. And so um, part of Eva's mission, and we do this, we, we have a low-income CSA program that we support, um, We'd, we'd like all, all local folks to have access to this, this, this good food that's grown from uh, good local people and um, connecting those dots. So, uh, that, that, is that, is that good, is that good yeah, enough? I don't know. It seems like I should say more. Good but, enough for me. No, that's yeah. if, if I, I could leave a legacy like that, I would. Um, so, all right, let's, let's pull back 30,000 feet. Yeah. All right. And, and we can, we can bring it back to, to Michael. Uh, we've heard a ton of awesome stuff about Viva. And again, we're very proud to be uh, a Viva Farms partner. Um, so you're you're running an organization. You you've got a lot of great people working and supporting you, but it's it's hard, right? I mean, as an individual, you got four kids. You're you're running you're running a nonprofit. What what kind of keeps you going? What what keeps you inspired? Uh, like where where do you get your your nourishment from besides your incredible uh, local food? Yeah, well, um, fundamentally, the belief in that there's uh, more good in the world than bad. There's more love in the world than hate. There's um, and there's the potential that uh, when we work together, uh, 
and, and, and focus our energy, our time, and our money on the things that are most important to us um, and we value. Uh, we, we can save sustainable farming. Um, we, we, we can um, nourish ourselves for generations to come and like bringing it back a notch, like on a daily basis, uh, it's the farmers, you know, it's like they work so hard and, and they're so passionate about, um, you know, feeding folks and, and growing good food and taking care of the planet and the place we call home. Um, it's also, you know, it's like we, like you say, we work really, really hard and um, we spend a lot of time just trying to stay in business. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's any business on some <laughs> yeah, level, right? Sure. Yeah, and, and, and maybe for the nonprofit, just uh, for, for various reasons that we won't go into, that can be even a little a little tougher. So a lot of nonprofits chase money. Average nonprofit only has 30 days of cash flow. Right. Uh, thank goodness that's not us. Um, but we've been there, you know, we've definitely been there. Um, so like when partners like you show up, you know, that say, hey, you know, we have a common mission and a common vision and, 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 and purpose together. And uh, we see the good work. Like we see, we see the value in the work that the farmers are doing and uh, the work that Viva Farms is doing. And we want to walk alongside you and um, help you be successful. Um, those are shots in the arm, you know, that mm-hmm. says, okay, um, we can do this another day. We can do this another month. We can do this another year. Um, yeah. Cool. So it's, the pe- I mean, it's the people, it's the people that keeps me going. Yep. Um, and it's the belief in um, what we can create together. Awesome. So, I mean, you, it's, it sounds like community is one of the things that you see as kind of like the basis for not only for Viva Farms, starting with farmers and the, the um, higher education piece, but there's a big network there that's supporting that, but also in your own life. Um, so is, is this is, I mean, you've, you've touched on this a little bit, but, but what is like taking the word community uh, and, and like, what does community mean to you? And what does that mean in the context of creating change kind of for a better future for you could, you could talk locally, you could talk broad in general, but um, yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, uh, what comes to mind is I, uh, I don't know if any, if you've done this or other, other folks out there have done this, but there's a, a, a process called um, a poverty simulation. Um and uh, I was I was fortunate enough to um, be part of a po- poverty simulation where you basically, you, you know, you jump into a room with, you know, it could be, you know, hundreds of people. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you know, you, but the, the facilitators divide you into families um, and, and, and give you basically a script like this is your life, you know, and you might have a, a sick grandmother and a two year old and you may have a job. You may not have a job in you know, all these different scenarios. And. Uh, you know, for example, each 15 minutes might be like a day in the life mm. um, and you have to go to work and you have to get transportation and you have to get your kids to school and you have to, you have to, you have to. Um, go for it, man. <laughs> my first day on the job. It's funny. You can tell I'm passionate about this stuff. Yeah. Um, First day on the job uh, in this poverty simulation, my, my, my work was, I'm, so I'm sitting there in my, you know, whatever, some chair, and it's like, okay, you're at work, and this is your job, define poverty. So I was like, okay, I'm going to define poverty, so I'm writing down, you know, what is poverty? Um, and, you know, what most people think, oh, it's a lack of money, it's a lack of housing, it's a lack of food, it's a lack of, it's a lack of, you know, it's a lack of community. Um, because folks that have community are not in poverty. 
um, because the community is there to support them when they need it. Um, and not just, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, give a person a fish either. It's like, okay, what can we do to help you so that you can go fishing, you know? And so it's both things and, and kind of back to the, my experience at the food bank and even my, you know, decades ago saying, well, just let them starve. Um, I think, um, part of what defines a healthy community is people, um, working together, you know, and getting close enough to each other to understand and have empathy for the journey that we're all on mm -hmm. and um, to recognize that and to want to be part of making things better again, to mm -hmm. fixing things um, and to leaving each individual, our community and the planet at large a little better than when we got here. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. No, I, I think, I feel better just talking to you, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get out there and, and make more connections. Um, so something at, we we like to ask people in, in each one of these podcasts, um, we've talked to some incredible people. You are no different. Um, we've got uh, a word that we uh, that we equated with a campaign that we, we kind of do um, – perpetually now. Uh, and that word is empowerful. And that is, uh, we saw that as a, uh, a word that is both broadly defined and also inspiring. Uh, and, and essentially what it is, is the, the word empowerment, uh, or empowering, uh, and then a, any word you want to put in that ends in full, plentiful, beautiful, powerful, um, like the, just the sense that, and, and so my question to you is how would you define for in, in your life? It could be your personal life. It could be your work life. It could be stepping back. Like you were just talking about the, the, the immense need for community. Um, what does empowerful mean to you, uh, in terms of a human being or a community being empowered to, to go after or to, um, yeah, to, to use use their own capacity to to create, or or, or I guess I'm, I'm I'm defining it for you. Just take <laughs> take it away. Yeah. Well, uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm a little crazy, uh, and and an example of that is um, I've 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 had the opportunity to stand in front of you know different groups of people over the course of my life and um, and share some thoughts and. Um, one of the things I, I, I oftentimes will start with, depending on the context, and sometimes the context is completely wrong, but I still start with this, is that uh, you're beautiful. Um, and I think that's the starting point, is to, to kind of recognize and um, you know witness the beauty in other people um, so that they can perhaps see it in themselves, um, because I think that's really where empowerment starts, like a belief hmm. in your own value or like if I turn it to me like a belief in my own value and my own ability to not only create my dreams but help other people create theirs um and so in powerful I like I like, I like yeah. it. um so when people are full of the belief that they're of value and they um have access to the knowledge the tools the practices to move from where they are to where they want to be um is what I would consider and powerful, you know, um, and, and we, we can, we can do that in lots of contexts, you know, and, and I think like any good 
coach. You know, you, you meet people where they are because if, you know, I don't know a good example off the top of my head, but if you don't, oftentimes, if you don't meet, meet people, it's like you're not going to take, a, you know, a 10-year-old tennis player and put him at Wimbledon. Right. Because they're going to say, wow, I suck, and maybe they'll never play tennis again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really defeating. Um, but you meet people where they are in whatever context that that, that is in and, and um, stand in their presence and witness their beauty and, 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 and then help them you know, access whatever the tools, knowledge, experience they need to move from where they are to where they'd like to be. Um, and that's kind of what we do at Viva Farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I try and do in my personal life as well. Great. Well, Michael, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate everyone here at Mir appreciates you taking the time to come down here. We all obviously appreciate everything you're doing uh, in uh, for all the folks who are in your program and for the the region in general. Um, it's it's pretty pretty impressive, incredible stuff. So, thank you so much for coming down. Well, uh, I, this is not because I feel obliged, but back at you. Um, you know, when 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 I first. Uh, you know, got in the orbit of mirror and, and saw that you guys are actually giving back. And I, I assume it's still the same, uh, 3% of your gross profits to, to, to work like, uh, Viva's work. Um, it's pretty incredible. There's not a lot of organizations, especially when you talk about gross versus net. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we like that word. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, it's, yeah. Most businesses say that's gross to promise yeah, a yeah. certain percentage <laughs> yeah. of gross to, yeah. you know, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, and and like you know, we we didn't touch on it, but that that ir- the well and irrigation system that you all um, helped us install, um, you know, uh, the impact there. Well, one people would not be farming on that forty-five acre piece of property right now without that water. Period. It, period. Um, and and not only are people farming today, they are learning about all these sustainable practices that we've been talking about, um, and they're scaling their businesses. Um, and it's not just farmers that are doing that this year, you know, that with the lifetime of that well could be 50 years. So, you know, multiply, you know, this year, this year across our acreage, we're supporting 23 farm businesses, which represents 35 farmers. But you do the math on that over 50 years. Um, and then you think back to like even the folks in Skagit and other places that started on three acres, but are farming 600, 800 acres today. If you, um, if you work that back to that well or the work we're doing today to 20, 30 years from now, um, it can be huge. And because, you know, a lot of things aren't solved in a generation. They're solved over generations because it's taken us generations to get to this kind of challenging place that we are here in agriculture now. So thank you. Thank you to Mir and thank you to the employees, everybody I've met who has been outstanding. Um, it's been a pleasure. Great. Well, there you go. There's the shot in our arm. There you go. That, that's, that's why we do it. So thank you for saying that too. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.